Hello, and welcome to the Southern Surf Stompcast, where we feature the best surf, instro, and beyond that the South has to offer. I'm your host, Chad Shivers. Today's episode will feature an interview with North Carolina's Arrows Out, but first, let's hear a set of music from groups that have performed at the Southern Surf Stomp, our monthly show held here in Atlanta. Here's another band from North Carolina, the Monterey's, with their tune, Machete.
You just heard Surfer's Dream by The Mutations. Before that, The Surge with Paddle or Die, and of course, The Monterey's Machete. Up next, we have Daikaiju with Flight of Garuda. Then, we'll hear from Kill Baby Kill with their tune Triox and Twist, and then The Mystery Men with The Devil You Know.
next is my interview with Arrows Out. But first, I'd like to issue an apology to both the band as well as you, the listener, for the quality of the audio. Hopefully, as I continue this podcast, this will become less of an issue. Hello, Arrows Out. Welcome to the program. Hey! Hi! Would you mind introducing yourselves and tell us all what instruments you play? Uh, my name is Kevin, and I play bass. I'm Sterling, I play guitar. Michelle, I play guitar. I'm Noah, and I play drums. How did the band get its name? <laughs> we had a long bracket process. We had a long bracket process, much like a, a basketball. Like the NCAA. For real? Yeah, yeah for real. We whittled <laughs> it down to like two names, neither of which were arrows out. And then one day Michelle came to us and was like, hey, how about arrows out? And it, and it stuck. How would you describe your sound? Uh, we've been using this word that that we came up with. I don't know if anybody else uses it, but we call it surf gaze. Because um, we kind of think that we're a little shoegazy and a little surfy, but not really either. Um, but that's actually one of the hardest questions we've ever had to answer. What made you go with instrumental as opposed to vocal music? I think that we've always been a fan of soundtrack music. I mean, sometimes we just sort of bust out into some vampires, lesbos songs or some Morricone. <laughs> and so instrumental has always been sort of our go-to, which is kind of amazing because I think that all of us, if we wanted to, could actually sing, but we're sort of partial to not. We just like kind of creating the, the vibe. The atmosphere. The atmosphere. Yeah. yeah, vocals are unnecessary. They, they confuse <laughs> shit. When I first saw you guys, the sound of the dual Gretsch guitars going through Fender amps and the use of uh, brushes on the kit really grabbed me. How did you guys arrive at that sound? Was it planned or was it more organic? Definitely organic. Yeah, it was definitely yeah. organic. Yeah, we never sat down and had a conversation like, you know what, Fenders suck. We're going to play Gretsch. I mean, it was just, you know, the Gretsch makes really great hollow body guitars i mean I'm, I'm the bass this is the bassist speaking and i play a fender but i mean i can tell you from listening to these guys that that you know the gretsch hollow body has a really great sound um and the fender the old fender tube amps are really kind of amazing as well yeah i think it was kind of it was an accident i mean when, when i joined the band i was playing i had an old prs that i was playing that I thought it was a little too flashy and, you know, kind of, it didn't quite have the sound that I wanted, although they're pretty versatile guitars, but I got a Gretsch when I sold that because I really just love the kind of bassiness that it has, like the weight that a hollow body has, and the Gretsch was the one that's there, but I didn't, I didn't set out to buy a Gretsch, and Michelle got the guitar that she's playing now kind of the same way, um, and Noah started playing brushes I don't know, pretty much right away no i mean i just i think that the drums can be a really great supporting role and i don't i, don't, I feel like there's so many bands that are just sort of overblown with drums and i like i like the idea of like driving it driving it but really listening to the passengers in the rhythm section like following the show or following sterling or following along with kevin and not not cocking out and playing over everybody. That's not that's not the kind of drumming that I enjoy. None of us are trying to steal any limelight. I think we all are really good about giving each other space and kind of spreading spreading all the goodness out.
What are your musical influences as a whole and individually? Um, I think one is kind of obvious, and maybe it's more for me and Michelle than anybody else, but Ennio Morricone, um, I think there's a lot of songs that, the ones that I've written and the parts that I play owe a lot to his sensibility, um, especially his spaghetti western soundtracks. Um, Michelle's raising her hand. It's, a, it's, a, it's an audio I don't know podcast. If, <laughs> <laughs> you did cut that out, right? <laughs> no, I just wanted to uh, to rip off of Sterling before it got too. Okay, but, uh, I would completely agree. Like Sterling and I uh, met because we worked at the same coffee shop, <laughs> and we bonded over both loving old spaghetti westerns and loving western music. And I grew up listening to like. Uh, Marty Robbins, because I grew up with my granddad, who loved gunfighter ballads, and I lo- I loved old spaghetti westerns, and so we immediately bonded over that. And so I think that Sterling and I, no matter if we try to break away from from that, there's always going to be that element of western music in there. In terms of drums, like, you know, I mean, you were mentioning the hip-hop stuff and the jazz stuff, and I really appreciated that, but what I've always appreciated about like the bebop and hip-hop style drumming is sort of the minimalism and really accenting the other players and that's where i'm coming from and you know me me growing up i mean i grew up in uh in the dc area in the 1980s so i listened to a lot of uh, a lot of punk rock um but you know later in life i kind of you know i mean blame fugazi but maybe uh chilled out a little bit and and I mean, a lot of what influences me nowadays is is like I love bands like Explosions in the Sky. They're they're amazing. Sparkle they're so good. Sparkle Horse. But I mean, you know, stuff yeah. like that. That's that's a lot of what I listen to now. Like you know, driving in my car is a lot of you know, actually <laughs> a lot of Explosions in the Sky. There's also that 90s influence. Yeah, we all yeah. grew we're up all in the 90s. We all love indie rock, and we all built to spill. And modest mouse. Sometimes yeah. have to stop playing a song because we realize we're basically playing. Oh, somebody else's and, and song. I, I I love video game music. He does. Eight bit chip tune video game music. Which which, su- which surprisingly, we've actually had people come up to us after a show, and go to Sterling and be like. That really sounds like 8-bitty, video gamey, the stuff you play. And the rest so of us go, well. that comes through, apparently. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, it's not my jam, so I don't necessarily hear it, but we have had people come up to Sterling after a show and been like, that really sounds Legend of Zelda-y. Were any of you in any other groups prior to Arrows Out? Uh, Kevin and I played in another instrumental project called Claude and Pebble. Uh, Still on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't last very long because uh, that's what happens when you date within the band. Which we don't. Which we don't now. We do not do that. You scratch that question off your list. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we played in another instrumental band that was actually kind of similar to Arrows Out, but but probably less melodic. Or less awesome. It was definitely more um, melancholy. It's more melancholy. Yeah. We have a good balance. Yeah, if you can imagine more melancholy. <laughs> <laughs> For a lot of us, this is like the first like band that 
is you know worth talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've played music forever and played with people, but this is the first one that's ever done anything. I played in a band that was kind of a. I played drums for a band that was a semi. I would say semi successful band. We we oh, yeah. played South by Southwest and we played. Uh, we did a West Coast tour and we did a Southwest and Northeast tour. And my takeaway from that, and and I just want to say like it's kind of a what makes this band really special to me is that that band didn't give a lot of room for creative freedom. I think that what really separates this band from a lot of other bands that I've played with is that we all, one, are friends and really love each other. Sorry to get all gushy, but it's true. We really love each other. Um, Which I feel like you can see when you see our live performances. Uh, And two, like we all create space for each other and each other's creative expression. We, We definitely hear each other out and I think because we're all friends, that really influences the way that we collaborate. Yeah, I, I played in a band in DC at one time for a very short period of time. Uh, they were a well-known band in DC, but when we, when we practiced, every time like I would mess up or if I was trying to learn the song, I would get a look from the guy. Oh, and it was a look. It was it was the look of death. And I never wanted to be in a band like that ever again. And I'm not. And that's that's. A really great thing to not have people who are very judgmental of every like step I make or like if I mess up it's like oh you know hey that happened I trust everybody's ability in this band completely yeah, yeah I think it's fair to say that this whole thing is our fault and not <laughs> <anybody else's. laughs> that's a good way to put it, it is, okay. this whole thing is our fault What's the music scene like in Durham and the Triangle area and in North Carolina in general? Do you guys have any bands that you're really into or really like? We totally do. I I want to. I think we need to say this first because since you're tying it to Crispy, uh, first of all, Crispy Fat Links. Yeah. Crispy's great. Uh, and what he does with the Insta Summit is fantastic, Absolutely. and we're thrilled and honored that he has invited us to be a part of that uh, twice now. And because they got us to his attention, I'd say Blood Red River, yeah. Uh, yeah. they're great friends of ours, and they're a kick-ass band. Um, there are a shitload of bands in the Triangle that we love. It's hard to name them all. I think uh, what used to be Pripyat and is now called Beauty, Beauty World, World Beauty is World. one Beauty of World. our favorites. There's another band called Eric and Erica. They're relatively new to here. Uh, they're fantastic. Um, Shark Quest. Shark I will say that that the, that is one of the nice things about this area is that in in the the central North Carolina, Durham and Chapel Hill area specifically, Raleigh as well, that there's 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 so much creativity and good music and everything is happening here. What I have here in Central North Carolina is way more than what I had when I lived in Chicago. You know, there, sure there are bands and there, there are bands playing and stuff like that, but I feel like there's just so much creative flow here. And it's not just in music, it's kind of in everything. There's so much creativity and so many good things happening here. 
it's this is it's just a great place to be and a great place to to be. <laughs> I said it twice, but that's because it's important. It seems like you've played to a wide variety of audiences. What has your reception been like amongst both the surf crowds and general crowds? Yeah, I would say our reception amongst the surf crowd has been surprising to us, extremely positive. Huge, yeah. I mean, we we actually we went we played in South Carolina at a surf festival, and that was amazing. It was great. It was, People actually asked us for our autograph. Yeah, we got autographs. <laughs> I am <don't> fair. <laughs> so that was that was a southern uh, southern uh, surf fest put on by the Monterey's yes. last year. They invited us to um, Michelle wanted to say something. Greenville. Um, but it, I, I think, not to speak for everybody, and anybody correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the surf crowd has has appreciated us in a way that surprised us because while at, at least I love surf music and I think all the rest of us appreciate surf Absolutely. music a great deal, yep. we don't consider ourselves really a surf band. Um, I mean, I guess we have that surf gaze word in our description, but so we, I mean, we don't feel like a surf fan because none of us could really play that stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, it's 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 a great uh, honor that they that they love us so much. With other types of bands that we play with, sometimes it's a little bit of a mixed bag. I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with this. The question after a show, like you guys sounded great, that was awesome, but. I've got this friend that wants to sing. Like, are, you looking, are you looking for a vocalist? Right? And we always have to say, like, that's cool. Uh, yeah, thanks, but no. No. Wow, I've never uh, gotten that before. Right? <laughs> Where's the vocalist? Um, My mom asked us that question. But in general, it's been it's been pretty positive. I mean, I mean, you know, you're you know what it's like. I think not having a vocalist is. It's not the easiest way to like make a living as a band, um, but we've been appreciated, I think, wherever we have played, and we've been lucky to have that. You guys have done some really interesting gigs, like working with Durham Cinema Tech and their Circle Spiral Slow show, um, as well as having your CD release show at an art gallery. Could you talk about that a bit? Circle Spiral Slow uh, was something that we really wanted to do because... I think our ultimate would be to play, to score like a, a movie, honestly. Um, and so Circle Spiral Slow was sort of a, a riff off of that in that we met a guy that does a lot of stuff with 16mm film and archival film footage, and we decided to collaborate and do something where we would do sort of a live score to him projecting old archival 16mm film footage. From like 1902 to 1920. I mean, it was old stuff. Old stuff. And it's, I think, right up our alley. Um, and a project that we're really proud of doing. I think we feel that it would. it's really cool to play places that aren't your typical venues. Um, and maybe it's because we don't necessarily want to be your typical band thing which is why we sort of gravitated towards doing the Circle Spiral Slow show and having our CD release at um, the Carrick Art Gallery is because we kind of want to change things up a little bit. We don't want it to always be just a band playing at a bar, which is great. 
it's just sometimes nice to have a little variety. So I think we're always looking to do something a little bit different. And I think we'll always look to do something a little bit different. Yeah, like when it came up to be like, oh, where are we going to do our CD release? And like some venues came up and then the Carrick came up. And like the Carrick is pretty, the Carrick is a, uh, a really awesome uh, art museum in Durham where it's not really an art museum. It's kind of an open room where people can put up their artwork and they don't get you probably know the character a little better it's completely community supportive supported and donation based and we were able to do exactly what we wanted in the space we uh, showcased our friend dan's artwork um he's the one that did our album art so we basically set up a whole wall dedicated to his artwork and we put up a probably 40 pieces of his art um so we had an art show um we had you know kevin brought figs (laughs) kevin brought figs but he also brought beer from full steam which is very bruised which is a local brewery and we played our show in this art gallery space which we thought was pretty cool like we're showing the person that did the artwork for our album we're showing his artwork and we're also playing our music and we're offering free beer that Pretty Kevin has brewed that I made. in the space. And there's not a lot of places uh, that we could do that. Um, we wouldn't be able to have that kind of freedom in a bar. What does the future hold for Arrows Out? I think we're just going to make more music and continue recording and keep doing what we're doing. We like what we're doing. I know it sounds boring and lame, but more of the same. And I think what, what, what more of the same is is pretty awesome. Indeed. I want to thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having us on the Southern Surf Stompcast. Please be sure to check out Arrows Out on the web at arrowsout.bandcamp.com where you can purchase their record, This Picture Recalls a City. Also, like them on Facebook, and if you're in the Atlanta area, they'll be playing our monthly surf show September 20th at Kavarna Indicator. Let's hear Yes Maybe and Tessellate from the band.
last tune you just heard was Smoke by my very own group, Moonbase, who will also be playing September 20th with Arrows Out at Kavarna. In our final set, we'll hear El Fossil with Hairpin, Gemini 13 with Chopped and Channeled, the High Fidelics with Low Curfew Breaker, and the Zeratans with Huevos Maximos.
This concludes our first episode of the Southern Surf Stompcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. You can find us on the web at southernsurfstomp.blogspot.com, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter at South Surf Stomp. I'd like to thank the Penetrators for letting us use their Southern Surf Syndicate theme for our intro and outro music. And our sponsors, the Surf King Surfwear and the Longboard Show on WREK 91.1 FM here in Atlanta.